Good morning. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, the 10th chapter this morning. Luke chapter 10 and uh, down to verse 38. It's good to see everyone here this morning. It's a blessing to be here. We have visitors with us. Some are traveling. I appreciate you stopping in and encouraging us this morning. It's very much appreciated. Uh, This is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day. And uh, we're not going to make a big deal out of that, but you are certainly uh, worthy of honor and uh, hope that all all of us recognize the importance of our mothers as we're striving to live in a world that is so wicked. We need godly mothers more than ever. So certainly thankful for that. Uh, Appreciate uh, the prayer of our brother Thrower this morning. Beautiful prayer and thank you to Brother Melvin Moore for leading us in song. And it certainly helped us to prepare our minds and worship and service to God. And as we now consider the Word of God, and hopefully we will take the things that we discuss this morning and apply them to our life in a way that will make us Better and more faithful in our service to God starting this very moment. Beginning in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. Let's read this text and then we'll we'll go back and we'll talk about it. Verse 38, now it happened as they went that that he entered a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I wonder how Martha felt after that little rebuke by the Lord. Martha, Martha, you're troubled about a lot of stuff. Uh, But Mary, now see Martha started this by saying, Lord, my sister's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. Tell her to get up and help me. And then the Lord corrects her. She was the one who had a problem. So often, isn't it true that so often that we can kind of fall into that same trap and we can look around us and we see other people and we think about what they're not doing. We look at others and and we really get bothered about that. They are not helping. They're not doing. They're not serving. They're not. The real question, though, is always going to fall back on myself. Am I doing what the Lord would have me to do? This morning, though, we're going to be focusing on this expression, sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's a song that we used to sing in Pine Bluff all the time, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it's not in our songbook. I need to get that out. It's a good song. We need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, like Mary, and hearing his word. Mary and Martha were sisters of Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus is mentioned in John, the 12th chapter, 11th chapter, as he died, And Jesus raised him from the dead, which was read by Brother Quinga uh, in our scripture reading. But Mary and Martha were sisters of Lazarus. They lived in Bethany, which is about two miles east of Jerusalem. 
Martha opens her home to Jesus and she's busy providing for her guests. And, you know, we all, I think, experience, we know what that's like. If, if we've ever had people into our house, what do we do? You know, we make sure that everything's clean before they get there. We make sure that they are taken care of. They, we want them to feel welcome. And remember, it's not just Jesus, right? It's also his disciples. And so Martha is, she's got a lot of work to do. So she's busy taking care of those things. Mary is always found at the feet of Jesus. You know, we read about Mary in three separate passages, and all of them mention her at the feet of Jesus. Here in Luke chapter 10, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. You turn over to John chapter 11, when Lazarus has died, and Mary and Martha had sent to Jesus telling, them, telling him that their brother Lazarus was sick, and Jesus waited two days, and then he went to Bethany. And so Martha goes to Jesus first, and Martha says, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. And so there's a conversation between Jesus and Martha, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but then... Mary finds out that Jesus is there and she runs out to where he is and she falls down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then in John the 12th chapter, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. We find Mary at the feet of Jesus over and over again. Now, going back to the text, Martha's complaint about Mary was that she was not doing what she was supposed to do, was met with a gentle rebuke. Now, Martha wasn't a bad person. But Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled. Those two words are terms that I think we need to uh, think about in our own lives. Many of us are busy. And we are concerned, overly concerned, about material things to our own hurt. We become troubled about the material. And we do not have our priorities where they ought to be. Our focus is not where it ought to be. We're focused on the here and the now, the things that are, you know, urgent. We talked about that a little bit in Bible study this morning. But Martha is just like all of us. We're, we're worried and we're troubled about all this stuff that's going on. Whereas Mary had chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know, Jesus talked about food. He talked about labor not for the food which is of the world, of course, for the physical body. But labor for that which is spiritual, which is eternal. We need to have our priorities right. Martha was not a bad person. She was a good person. She was a believer in Jesus Christ. She did not lack in her love for the Lord. She just had her priorities, and the decisions that she was making was focused more on one thing, and it, was, it showed a, a bad decision-making more than anything else on Martha's part. But she was not immoral. She was not lacking in her love for the Lord. She was a genuine believer. In John 11 and verse 26, she says, I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. She makes the same confession that Peter made. She's a believer. And of course, much like Peter, there are a lot of things that Peter didn't understand, right? 
There are a lot of things that we as believers don't understand that we have to learn, that we have to grow in understanding. And being able to make wise decisions and discernments, well, we need to understand more and more about Jesus. And really, though, see, that's what Mary was doing. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was listening, hearing his words, taking them in. But Martha, Martha says, this needs to be done, and Mary's not helping me. Again, I think we all can relate to that. My husband's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. My husband isn't as helpful around the house as I think he ought to be. My husband's not doing this, he's not doing that. I think he should take more time in expressing his love for me. I, you know, you could go on and on, and you very well may be right. Because husbands generally are kind of dumb like that. We don't know. We don't naturally pick up on those things. We are kind of dumb. Okay, so give us a break. But the reality is we need to be more intent on those things and concerned about those things. But it's not that Martha was completely wrong. I mean, Mary wasn't helping. And Martha was doing this all by herself and there's a big crowd. I can see how she could be a little frustrated. Can't you? But Jesus makes a, a, gives a very good lesson and point here. There's something more important than the things that you are placing all the importance on. And that is the things that Mary has chosen. Jesus, in John, the 11th chapter, Lazarus has died. Jesus, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But then Martha also expresses great faith in that, look, whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Those are the words of Martha. She was a believer. She trusted in the Lord. She realized the authority that he had. She, she knew that he could tell Martha to do what she thought he ought to do. And Martha had better get up and do it. Because Jesus had that kind of authority. And that Jesus had a direct line with the Father. That the Father would answer whatever Jesus needed. Now, she didn't understand what Jesus was about to do in raising Lazarus from the dead. Because when Jesus went on and said... You know, Lazarus will live again. And she said, I know that he will live again in the last day. Well, she had faith. But she didn't have complete understanding. Lord, in John, the 12th chapter, and verse 39, of course, Jesus now says, where is he? After Mary comes, and he has a discussion with Mary. He says, where is he? Where's the tomb? Roll the stone from the tomb. And Martha speaks up and says, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Martha felt the need to inform Jesus of Lazarus' condition. I don't think Jesus needed that information. But, you know, sometimes as believers, we don't always think like we ought to think. Right? Our faith isn't complete yet. We need to grow. And that's kind of where Martha is. So my point is, we, Martha needed to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, and so did Mary, and so do we. We need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, just like in the story with Martha and Mary, we too can be easily distracted like Martha was. There are so many things in this world that take 
our time from us. It squeezes our time and our energy from us like a wet wash rag and we squeeze all the water out of it. That's kind of what this world does to us when it comes to our, our faith if we're not careful. Many are too distracted by the things of this world. We don't have the time to listen to Jesus. We don't have the time to worship and serve Him. I mean, rephrase that. We don't take the time to worship and serve Him. And study. I was talking to a young man this past Thursday afternoon. And um, we got to talking about spiritual things, asked him where he went to church, and he told me. And uh, although he did clarify that by saying, me and my wife, he's a newlywed, me and my wife don't get to go very much. He said, we don't have the time. And you need to make the time. And I invited him to come here. Hopefully one day he will. But many are just too distracted. You know, to worship and serve the Lord. If God is not first in our lives, then something else will be. And if God is not first in our lives, even the greatest of our sacrifices and our service on the behalf of our fellow man is really going to fall to waste because it's not going to be effectual in our relationship with God. Oh, we may do great things. We may give our bodies to be burned, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, but if I don't have love for God, if, I'm, if God's not first in my heart, then my service is not, I can't be saved by works. By the way, that's the idea of being saved by works, you know. You think you can earn your way to heaven by doing all this good stuff? You're, you're, you're wrong. That's not how you're saved. You're saved by trusting God and placing your faith and confidence in Him and submitting to His will. That is how you can be saved. But if God is not first in our lives, even the greatest of service may be rendered there's no real benefit. Mark 12, verse 29. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What comes first? Who must come first? But we can easily be distracted from that. Pew Research Center, uh, this is three years ago now, um, almost three years ago. 49% of American adults now attend religious services just a few times a year, rarely or never. That's 50%. I saw another study where it was closer, and this was a person who did this, so it's not Pew Research. But he researched and did his own, I guess he had a lot of help doing it, but he... Um, conducted a survey and he found that only 20% of his contacts attended worship services more than just once a month. Fewer and fewer people are taking the time to spend time worshiping the Lord. In the article from Pew Research, among those whose attendance has waned, the most commonly offered reasons have to do with practical concerns, including many who say they are too busy to attend. We've got too much other stuff to do. Now, we can allow those things in this world to distract us from our service to the Lord, but that doesn't make it accepted, accepted by the Lord. 
We are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And yes, it is the manner of some. But more focused on our audience this morning, and perhaps those other things would apply to some here, but the, most of us here are Christians and we strive to worship and serve the Lord. We, we are at services, we study, we're at Bible classes, but we too can become worried and troubled about many things. Like Martha, she was a genuine believer. If Jesus needed her to do something, don't you think she would have done it just like that? I'm sure she would have. But she was being distracted at that moment by some other stuff that wasn't that important. We can fall into the same trap. Spiritual priorities, focus and nourishment, spiritual focus and spiritual nourishment are much more important and much more valuable than material and physical things. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus in Matthew the 6th chapter, beginning in verse 25, says this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now that goes directly to the point that Jesus is making in Luke 10 with Martha. Of course, you go back in the text to verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My friend, where is your heart? Where is your heart, really? Is your heart truly on the things of God? Are you truly laying up for yourself treasures in heaven? Or is your focus on the things in this world, which, by the way, will be taken from you? You will lose it. It will be gone. You cannot keep it forever. The only thing that you can keep forever is your soul. And the only thing that really matters in this life, the only thing, we've been studying through the book of Ecclesiastes on Sunday nights, and tonight we're going to pick up in chapter 8. And I tell you what, one of the main points that we get out of that book is that all, what, what is the world? What are, what are all things under the sun? Vanity, right? Vanity. All is vanity. That's right. The only thing that really matters is your service to God. You're trusting him enough to submit to his will and yield to his way. Follow him. That's the only thing that matters in this world. Because if you follow him, you will be where he is. And that will be forever. If you don't follow him, you will be where he's not. That will be forever too. Now, we've got a choice. Are we going to place our priorities on spiritual things or earthly things? Jesus goes on and talks about that some more in verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You put Jesus first, you put his kingdom first, and you'll be provided with what you need. But most importantly, you have laid up for yourself treasure in heaven. Even in our zeal to serve the Lord. Listen, we can miss the boat, can't we? In, in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, the apostle Paul is praying for his brethren in the flesh, the Jews. He's praying for them that they might be saved. That implies that they were lost. His prayer, though, and his recognition was that the, that the scribes, the Pharisees, the Jewish people as a whole, generally speaking, went about to establish their own righteousness. 
Now, they were zealous for God, but not according to knowledge. They needed some time sitting at the feet of Jesus. They were zealous for God, but not according to knowledge. We ourselves can be so focused on the things that we're doing that we lose sight of who Jesus is and what we ought to be doing and what's really important. We can become more focused on the things than we are on Him. And I will say to you that those who work hard in service to the Lord, you of all people, need to, be, need to spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus because if you're not receiving from Him what you need, you're going to burn out and you're going to burn up. You've got to take the time to sit at Jesus' feet and receive instruction and guidance and peace and comfort from Him. You do that through your study of His Word, spending time in prayer and meditation and thinking about your relationship with Christ, examining yourself and your heart, digging deeper than the surface and comparing your life to the child of God as presented in the Word of God. In fact, compare your life to Jesus Himself. And you can't do that if you don't know Him, if you don't know about Him. Materialistic priorities result in worry, anxiety. What, what will be, be, become of all these things? It'll all be taken, taken from you. Could it be that we are so busy serving that we do not take the time and effort needed to, to gain genuine spiritual growth? That's a very real possibility. So we need to take the time to grow spiritually so that we can serve. Don't get it backwards. Don't spend all your time serving and forget to grow spiritually. You need the nourishment yourself. Okay, then Jesus says, but one thing is needed. Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Taking the time for real spiritual growth is what is needed for everybody. We need, listen, listen. Mary listened to Jesus. She was sitting at his feet, just focused on his teaching, soaking it in. She loved his teaching. She believed his words. You know, here's an interesting thing. I, don't, I, don't, I guess I can't prove this, but I do think that it's inferred. I, I, I do think that the point that Jesus makes in John chapter 12, when he rebukes Judas and Another of the disciples who were criticizing Mary for anointing his feet and rubbing his feet, or his feet with her hair. He, he had you know, been anointed by her with this expensive, this costly spikenard. And uh, she was rebuked by that. But Jesus says that she did this for my burial. You know, the other disciples, when, when Jesus told his disciples that he was fixing to die, Peter stood up and said, not so, Lord. No, uh-uh. not going to let that happen seems like Mary got it. Mary understood it. Mary believed it. Mary was expecting it. Mary listened. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is not just admiring Him. It's, just not, it's not just looking at Him and knowing about Him. It is listening to Him and learning from Him. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 18, there God will raise up a prophet, Moses says, like unto me, whom you shall hear in all things. 
And Moses goes on and says, anyone who does not listen to that prophet shall be cut off from his people. Peter quotes the same passage in Acts 3 and verse 21, applying it to Jesus. You better listen to Jesus or you'll be cut off from your people. Jesus said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? One thing is needed. I saw this meme a couple of weeks ago. I shared it on Facebook. This picture of this girl who says, I love Jesus. I just don't like this theology and doctrine and Bible stuff. A lot of people like that these days. You know it? They say, I love Jesus. They got bumper stickers all over the car saying, I love Jesus. But they don't read their Bible. They don't study. They don't you know, think about spiritual truths. They don't think about theology, by the way. That's simply a, a term, a theological term for the study of God. And doctrine. A lot of people don't like doctrine these days. That Bible stuff, no, we don't need that. We have Jesus. And one of the things, by the way, that has contributed to that mindset is the false teaching that has been done over the years about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit enlightening you and guiding you and all that apart from the Word. That's not going to happen. But a lot of people have developed that. We don't need the Bible. I had a fellow tell me one time, we don't, I don't need the Bible. I got the Holy Spirit. My friend, without the Bible, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And they're not the same thing. I understand that. But the Holy Spirit works and operates through His Word that He revealed. And if you don't believe His words, if you do not take His words, if you do not have His words in your heart, you don't have the Holy Spirit either. Now, to say I don't like theology and doctrine and all that stuff, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 where he tells Timothy, preach the Word. What was Timothy told to preach? The Word. Whose Word? God's Word. Christ's Word. Okay? Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, when they want it and when they don't. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Uh, doing that with what? The Word. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine... But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears from the truth. The truth is what God says. They will turn their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now Paul said that's going to happen. My friends, we know that's happened. One thing is needed. We need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning his will, listening to His words. Those who truly come to Christ are those who learn of Him. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Jesus, Jesus is sheep. Hear His voice and follow Him. And John 10, verse 27. Yes, there is protection. There is security in Christ. For those who do what? Follow Him. What if you don't follow Him? Those who hear His words and follow Him. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, 23. Spiritual growth cannot occur apart from our learning the teachings of Jesus Christ. It can't. 
It is through the words of God that growth, that life even, can be given. Jesus says in John 6 and verse 63, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Later in John 6, all the, many of the disciples of Jesus had left Him. They could not receive His teaching. And so Jesus turns to His disciples and says, Will you also go away? In John 12 and verse 48, He who rejects Me and does not receive My words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. We need to know the teachings of Jesus. My friend, we need to be sitting at his feet, learning from him. And so we, we need to see the importance of worship. We need to see the importance of coming together and worshiping. We need to understand the importance of doing it God's way, not ours. It's about God, it's not about us. It's about serving him, it's not about serving self. It's about doing what He says, not about doing what we want. So we need to realize the importance of worship. Yes, do not forsake the assembling of himself to get ourselves together as the manner of some is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it's all about edification. Paul says that they were to come together to edify one another. Let all things be done for edification. The prophets, they were to teach in such a way that people were edified by their teaching. Tongue speakers were commanded to keep quiet if there was not an interpreter so that the church could be edified because all the tongue speaker could do if there was not an interpreter was to make noise as far as the other people were concerned. And the whole point then is to edify, be edified. We need to be edified and you can't do that together if we're not together. We need to realize the importance of Bible classes. We need to realize the importance of studying our Bible. Now, yes, you can do that at your home, and you need to do that at home, right? You need to take the time personally to read your Bible and to study your Bible every day. You need to make the time to do that. But coming together and studying the Bible is also very important because iron sharpens iron. We need each other. We need to spend time studying God's Word. And we need to pray. And we need to meditate. And we need to reflect on ourselves in light of God's Word. One thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part. Or that good part. She made her choice. You see, this is a choice. You're not confined to this particular role or this particular uh, thing you you have a choice to make. You don't have to be ignorant of God's word. You don't have to be ignorant of Jesus Christ. Mary made her choice, and it's based upon what she valued most. Like the psalmist in Luke seventeen fifteen or one nineteen verse ninety seven. Oh, how love I thy law! It is my meditation all the day. To the psalmist, the words of God were like honey to his mouth. Well, that's, that ought to be our attitude. Instead of, oh, I don't like this theology, doctrine, and Bible stuff. No, this, this is the Word of God we're talking about. We need the words of Christ more than anything. That's the good part. 
She trusted in Jesus. You know, even in grief, in, Ma in John 11, verses 32 and 33, she found out that Jesus was there. She gets up and she leaves. Everybody's thinking, well, she's going to the tomb to cry, to weep. But she goes straight to Jesus and she falls straight at His feet. Lord, if you'd been here, brother would not have died. But yet she's just loving Him and she's trusting in Him regardless of the circumstance. And later it is demonstrated in John 12 when she does take that costly oil and anoint the feet of Jesus in preparation for His burial. She demonstrated her faith. And like Peter, there in John 6, you know, will you also go away, Jesus says? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's only through our understanding of what he teaches and who he is that we too can come to that same conclusion. My friend, we choose that good part when we take the time to hear Jesus, to listen to him, to learn from him. And thus we can build our life upon that solid foundation, that rock. That is Jesus Christ himself. That's exactly what Jesus said in regard to the, the wise man and the foolish man. Who is the wise man of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21, all the way down through verse 27? The wise man is who hears the Lord's words and does them. He is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock, on a solid foundation. And when the storms of life come, he will stand we choose that good part when we put on Christ in baptism. By faith, we submit to His teaching. We become a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.26 For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We need to put on Christ. We need to put off Satan and the works of the flesh. Romans chapter 13. And we need to put on Christ in our daily life. But we can't do that if we don't know the way of Christ. We allow Christ to govern our lives. That's choosing the good part. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. He has died to his self. And now he says, Christ is living in me. And it was manifested in his life. We choose that good part when we take the teachings of Christ and we allow them to change our lives. And we become obedient servants, faithful servants of His will. We do all things in His name, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We are conformed into His image. We are pressed and we are molded into little Christ. Or technically we become like Him. We're following Him. We're imitating Him. He is our example. Again, though, in order to follow Him, we need to know what He says. We need to sit at His feet. So, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. We, too, can fall into that same trap. We need to realize externals lose their power. They completely lose their power over us when we, through the eyes of faith, focus on the things of God. When we truly become spiritually minded, you know what? These things just aren't so important anymore. It's sad. But I'll tell you, most 
most relationships that end in disaster, most marriages, most of the time it's not over spiritual things. Well, there's a spiritual problem underlying it, that's true. That's true. But it's over finances. It's over their you know, sexual relationship or something along the... There's, some, there's something that they're focused on that they shouldn't be focused on, and it destroys their marriage. When we're focused on God, if two people are focused on God, that marriage is going to be strong. It's going to work. And when we look through the eyes of faith and we focus upon the things of God, all this other stuff just kind of fades away. Mary has chosen that good part that will not be taken away from her. While it is important that we serve others, it is even more important that we first are at the feet of Jesus. We listen to Him. We worship Him. And we care for Him and take care of the concerns that He has given us to take care of. You know, when we sit at the feet of Jesus, let me just quickly tell you some things that we learn. We learn what forgiveness is. We learn what forgiveness is about. When we think about Jesus and we learn from Him, not only do we learn that we are to forgive those who trespass against us, we also learn how to do it. Because He did it. He gave Himself for us. That we too can be forgiven. Salvation. When we sit at the feet of Jesus, we understand what salvation is. You know, many people are going through this world and they don't re- even know that they need to be saved. They're just blindly going along in life, not realizing they're heading for hell. They need to be saved. From Jesus we get guidance and we have eternal life. But only if we listen to his words and we follow them. Jesus said himself, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe Jesus? Really? Hebrews 5 and verses 8 and 9, Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience of the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. 1 John 1 and verse 6, we, if, if we follow him, you know what? We will be like he is. We will be righteous like he is righteous. 1 John 3, 3. If we follow him, we will be like he is. We will, but we've got to listen to him. We've got to know his will in our life. When we feed at the, sit at the feet of Jesus, my friend, we, go, we know peace. We learn what peace really is and contentment. We can truly have contentment in our life and in our heart. We, we can learn his will, thus coming to an understanding, a true understanding of what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what I need in my life and what others need in theirs. I can come to this point of humility because it's looking at Jesus, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. We need to have the same mind he had. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was equal with God, did not think it robbery to hold on to that glory. And though he was in the form of God, he took upon himself the form of of a bondservant, a slave, a human being. Confidence. We can have faith and confidence through our learning from Christ. Jesus had confidence. Confidence enough to go to the cross. Endurance. 
He persevered. Even to the cross. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. And love. We can learn what true love is. And hope. All of these things we can have and we need. Lord willing, we're going to talk about these things in future weeks. We're going to pick up with this same theme and we're going to talk about these things and we're going to see what we can learn from Jesus sitting at his feet about peace and contentment and understanding, humility, confidence and endurance and love and hope. My friend, are we sitting at the feet of Jesus like we ought to be? What about that good part? Have we chosen it or are we neglecting it? Maybe you're here this morning, you need to render obedience to Jesus Christ. He's calling he wants, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My friend, that's an invitation for you and all of us. If we will but hear him and obey him, we can be saved from our sins. If you've never been baptized into Christ, that's what you need to do. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you're willing to turn away from sin in your life and turn to Jesus Christ and follow his will, confess him before men, and be buried with him in baptism, you can be saved today. You can be saved and become a child of God by faith and you can be raised to walk in this new life. Now you need to spend your time sitting at Jesus' feet, learning how to follow Him. He'll guide you. We want to help you. If there's any way that we can, let us know. While together we stand, while we sing.